Sonia. And I'm Genevieve. Welcome to Let's Adult, the podcast designed to ask the question, are we adulting yet? Join us every Tuesday where we will be discussing the trials and tribulations of adulting in the modern world. We will be sharing our personal stories of all those not-so-cute messes we've made along the way. You can find us streaming now on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. All right. So I guess today we're going to talk about uh, something that we can all relate to, me especially, and that's uh, cleaning our plates. When when is there too much responsibility and when is it time to take some things off? This is really, um, <laughs> this is really, what's the word I'm looking for, Genevieve? Poignant for today? Yes, exactly. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. When is the time, Genevieve? It's (laughs) for me, it's always the time. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, the building is full of responsibilities and obligations. Um, But, you know, part of successful adulting is knowing when and how to balance those things. So some of the adulting responsibilities I know I have and one that is currently affecting my life the most is school. I don't really work anymore, but I know you do. And I think you were saying that that is crazy for you right now. Yeah. I just opened up a salon and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of brain power. (laughs) That sounds so weird, but it really is like trying to juggle all the things, business licenses and getting my clients back in the salon and making sure that everything works properly and that it's all legal. And, you know, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of brain. Yeah. You're not just the artist anymore. You're the salon manager, the front desk, mm-hmm. the, the accountant, the everything. Yeah. So we've got school, we've got work, and then bills, which I feel like everyone has. I mean, you can't avoid bills. You can't. Once you're an adult, that's pretty much your life, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's the only reason any of us work. Most of us. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a a small, I don't know, selection of people that actually really love their work. I don't know. I often think if I didn't have to work to pay bills, would I work at all? But knowing myself, I'd probably need some kind of obligation. I would need to report somewhere at some point. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, 2020 sort of gave us a little glimpse at what it would be like to not have a job or at least some of us the ones of us that weren't able to work and I had a lot of fun I mean I (laughs) I really missed my clients and I missed what I do because I love my job but if somebody told me like here's 500 million dollars you never have to work again I wouldn't be upset about that yeah I I would not be mad at that either (laughs) definitely (laughs) although I mean that that also has its own you know level of I don't know, frustration. I mean, it's beyond any of my understanding, but I know that money doesn't make you happy, yada, yada, but it definitely would relieve some stress, I think, or maybe it's more stress. I don't know. Are are rich people stressed out? I don't know. I, you know, when I think of that much money, I don't really think of the stress of the money. I think about the things that it facilitates for me because I would probably do much like I'm sure you would do and just use it to travel. Like use it to get a plane ticket somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then who knows what happens in that other area? I don't know. Maybe that's, that's all I needed. 
and then I'm done. Right. I'd probably be, I'd probably go to school for the rest of my life and just study whatever the hell I wanted without any concern about getting a degree of any kind, because who cares? Wow. I I can wholeheartedly say I disagree. I would never. (laughs) You're done. You're done. I think it's different. Yeah, I think it's different coming from someone who's, uh, you know, not in school the way yeah through grad school and then someone who hasn't been in school in a long time but yeah man it's just not fun it's just not fun at all yeah you you're painfully reminded on a daily basis how low the education bar is in mainstream society and you often wonder how people got into grad school that are sitting next to you and then you're forced into group projects with those individuals and you've got to try and swallow all of your type a personality and let them procrastinate until the night before to turn in 20% of the work because you finally just did the other 80 because you couldn't wait any longer. Um, yeah, no, it's not, <laughs> I don't know that I would do that for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like if that, if you didn't have, if you didn't have to get a degree, like if your if your education wasn't leaning on the idea that you have to work after this and you could study anything you wanted you could just take classes to be like, I don't know, a potter. And then the next day you want to take an anatomy class. And then the next semester you want to take a history class or something. Maybe. And you didn't they care would have about to the be, grade. Well, see, and that's the problem. I would always care about the grade. So I would have to intentionally choose classes that were either just pass, fail, or just for the experience. Yeah, I would love that. But I am far too... Uh, type A is the only way I can describe it I guess I I really want the grade I mean we talked about this I was pretty bitter when I lost my 4.0 yeah here I am almost out of grad school I've only had one B but because it's no longer a 4.0 I'm like well fuck it then it's not a 4.0 oh my god it's all or nothing it's either all A's or I failed it's fine whatever get out of here (laughs) I used to be like that I have a dear friend who is also a geology teacher and I met him taking a geology class and we realized that our kids are in the same uh universe and his wife and I became really really close friends and our kids played together and you know we just we became friends outside of the classroom and I worked so hard in his class like harder than I've ever worked in any class and I ended up with a b instead of an a Mm. and I remember being like legitimately like I cried I cried that I didn't get an a because I worked so hard and I thought like I know that a for effort is not a real thing but I just thought like for the amount of effort that I put into this class to walk away with a b was just heart rate heartbreaking and I today we I mean now it's a joke but now it's just like you know we joke (laughs) around about the fact that he gave me a b and I can't believe it like But I was nowhere near a straight A student. So it wasn't like it was affecting my GPA. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you brought up the other thing I have on my list of adulting responsibility, and that's kids. Again, something I don't personally experience, but I know you have lots of experience with. I do. I do. They suck the life out of you. And yeah, adults, like they're adult children at this point, right? They are. Yeah. They are, but yeah. it doesn't, I mean, I'm, I'm still probably sucking the life out of my own parents. I, I don't know that it ever goes away. I, I don't know. Like opening up this new salon, my mom was there almost every day. Like, what can I get for you? You know, 
have you done this? Have you called this person? And I was like, Oh my God, mom, leave me alone. And then <laughs> realize that she's right. And I do need to call this person and make sure that my taxes are in line or whatever the situation was. So, I mean, I'm, I'll be 43 this year and I'm still driving my mother crazy. Yeah. Same. Although I have zero in, <laughs> zero intention of ever quitting. What else do I have to live for? <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. So in addition to kids, uh, I've also added, since I don't have kids, just the full extent of family and everything that entails. So not just parents, but just like, I don't know, the obligations and relationships that are direct results of having family. Well, and, and, and friends, I mean, the obligation of relationships, like it, just if you stop there, you know, like, yeah. How long has it been since you contacted A, B, and C? And was it a good conversation? And do they feel like you're still there? And and I'm assuming being in school as much as you are, you don't have time. And even if you have time, you don't have energy, emotional energy Mm -hmm. to reach out to people and like have a real connection, you know, and and we all understand that. Like none of us are saying like, what the fuck, Genevieve? But I know that for you it's painful because you've always been like the ringleader. You know what I mean? Like you've always been the one that's like, let's get together. Let's do these things. Let's create these memories. And right now you're not able to do that. I know I I am extremely, extremely fortunate and very grateful that I have friends that understand. Unfortunately, my grandparents don't understand Mm -hmm. as much. And um, I almost don't, don't blame them. I do feel a stronger obligation to try and maintain connection with them and in a way almost check in on them. I know a lot of times they think they're checking in on me and oh, poor little Genevieve, you know, across the country and on the East coast where all of this scary stuff is happening, but um, they're getting so much older. uh, And it's always a reminder to me that there's always a chance that they might not be there when I get back. And now of course that time frame is, is shortening. So I'm hopeful that that's not the case. But when I first moved out here, those relationships were certainly a heavy toll on my responsibility bill of making sure I call them and trying to make sure they know that I still exist (laughs) and what I'm doing with my life. Um, You know, my one of my grandparents is getting very, very forgetful. So now a lot of our conversations are are kind of the same questions. um, And she's kind of stuck in the last relationship I had. And so she still asks about him or if I'm dating or who I'm dating. And um, she's getting just a little bit more lost. So it's harder to, to stay in contact with her and maintain that relationship when now there isn't a whole lot of foundation involved. So being far away makes that more challenging. Right. Right. I could see that. I, yeah. I've never been that far away from my family, but especially with my aging family, I would, that would be really hard. Well, I, I don't know if you have anything else to add to this list, but that was kind of mine. At least that's that's what takes up a majority of my time. As I said before, school is probably 95% of what's on my plate these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know work and bills, family, relationships, those are those are my heavy hitters. Well, yeah, and those are the priorities, I, I, at least for me. Those would be the, the priorities. And then, of course, um, what I tend to do is just stack on a bunch of pointless stuff on top of that that uh really doesn't make or break me except for the fact that now I'm committed to being a soccer coach for two teams being a girl scout leader being a boy scout den mom 
um, you know, being a cheer mom for Sophia for four years, uh, homeschooling my senior in high school right now and getting him ready for his exit exam, plus working on his Eagle Scout project with him. Uh, yeah, so I like it never fucking ends. It never ends. And it's all my fault. I take total responsibility because for most of my life, I've said yes to everything. And then we have a podcast that I absolutely love. Like this is my only escape from doing things for everybody else. And it's hard to find the time to do it. And there's a lot of times where we're recording on Monday night and launching it on Tuesday morning. And I'm up until, you know, midnight, um, editing it. And, and I don't have a problem with that because I like it, but because it's not something that is, you know, (laughs) making or breaking my life. Like I don't get paid from it. I, I don't, it's not supporting my family. So it gets put on the back burner. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I think that's why living in a van down by the river makes me so like the fantasy of that, the simplicity of it you know, makes me so happy. Like going on a 170 mile hike is just like the dream come true because there's nothing in front of you except for taking the next step. Whereas when you live in the suburbs (laughs) or in real life, like not only do you have to take the first step forward, but you also have to juggle every fucking thing else, everything else. Like are your taxes done? Did you do them correctly? Are you on the list for the vaccinations? Like, we're not even talking about family or school or work. We're, like, talking about, are all of my masks clean? Do I have enough laundry done? Can I go to the store right now? Or is it high risk? Like, Jesus, the plate is so full. It's so full. Yeah. (laughs) And balls are dropping. (laughs) And balls are dropping. Or whatever else we put on our plate. Right. Well, and that, you bring up a very good point. That's my next kind of topic for assessing and evaluating what is on your plate. And that's things that we actually want to do versus things that we need to do because they both equally require time. Um, And we know time is a precious commodity. So it's important to kind of choose wisely. And you mentioned about how you always say yes. And I used to be a victim of that as well. I'm much better now, but I found myself doing it again. Yesterday, I was talking with a classmate who is struggling with fieldwork. Everyone is struggling with fieldwork right now, but she got canceled where she wanted to go. Um, So we were discussing her possibly reaching out to uh, fieldwork here in this area. She was going to move, but she could kind of stay here and do maybe one of these other spots. Then she said, oh, but then I wouldn't have, or I'd have to look for housing again. And my dumbass, being the yes man that I am, said, I have a two-bedroom apartment. My apartment is probably 500 square feet, everyone. It's not a very big apartment. So the fact that there's two bedrooms in here is laughable. And it's chocked to the gills full of furniture that I do not personally own. And I've kind of shoved it all into that second bedroom so that I could have enough space for myself and my own like living quarters. So why I felt compelled to offer her and her rabbit and potentially her dog that comes to visit sometimes and her boyfriend who would also come to visit on the weekends into my apartment. As soon as the words escaped my mouth, I was like grasping at the air, trying to put them back in. (laughs) It's like, why did I say that? Because we just want to be helpful. That's why. I know. 
I know. But then see, we're stuck in this situation where there's too much shit on our plate because I know myself well enough. I just don't like living with people. That's the bottom line. But I know myself well enough that, you know, she would be in her bedroom, but she'd be loud or she'd have other smells or I don't, whatever roommates have that are just not, you know, not my thing. (laughs) I just want my own personal space. want everybody to leave me alone. Yeah. A place to retreat to. (sighs) Yes, exactly. Thankfully, I don't think my landlord would go for it at all. So I have that to fall back on, but you know, it's, it all requires time and energy and some space on the plate. So whether you want to do it because you aspire to be a generous person or uh, for greedy financial means, because paying half rent does sound very appealing. um, It's important to really choose wisely what things you actually want to create space for on your plate. Yeah. I used to tell the kids when they were small and I would get really frustrated at a situation like running late to something or, you know, we get home from four hours of soccer practice and there's no dinner. And it's like, well, we're having cereal. Like, I don't know. You know, I just be frustrated. And one day my daughter looked at me and she goes, why are you mad? Like, what's going on with you that, that you're so angry? And I said, I just have a lot on my plate. She goes, what does that mean? I said, well, and this just came to me as I was talking to her, but I've used this example so many times since then. Mom has a plate, a dinner plate, and there's a bunch of spaghetti on it. And that spaghetti is like the foundation, like paying the bills and taking care of your family, right? And then we put the Mm -hmm. sauce on top of it, which makes it really yummy, right? Like nobody really wants to just eat plain spaghetti. Like you either want butter or sauce or garlic or something on top of that. And that sauce is what makes it really, really delicious. Like coaching soccer or you know something making a podcast something that makes that fills you up right and then you add the meatballs on top of that because why not have some meatballs on top of that so your friend asks you to go to the river and you're like yeah let's do it or you know you re-landscape your front yard or whatever it is that's bringing even more joy to your life but now it's just too big. It's too much. And then the balls stop, start rolling off of the plate and you're trying to catch the meatballs and put them back on the plate. And then you're juggling some garlic bread and then somebody throws some salad at you. And it's like, you want the whole thing and it's all so delicious, but you can't carry it all. What are you going to (laughs) do? Drop all the plates, you know, like, and she just, she got it immediately. And she's like, Oh my God. Yeah. You that's, that's a lot. And I said, yeah, that's a mom. (laughs) That's yeah, what... that's a brilliant way to describe it to children. Uh, I can see that being something they can grasp really easily. Yeah. And even to this day, you know, it's like, I'll come in frantic and she's like, you have too many meatballs on your spaghetti? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. I love that. So that's how I, how I describe having too much on my plate. And I've just always been the type of person who... I just want to do everything. I want to try everything and do everything and see everyone and meet everyone. And when something is presented to me, I'm usually saying yes, whether it's a realistic thing or not, I just want to do it. Yeah. I, I wish that I was like that in a way, because it certainly sounds more exciting. My life would probably be filled with more stories. Uh, but man, do I just really love, not doing things and that's okay (laughs) 
That's okay. I mean, I don't have a lot of downtime and it's something I have to schedule in. And then when I schedule in my downtime, I end up on a hike or, you know, like sun Sunday, oh, yeah. I was supposed to be doing nothing, nothing. Cause I'd worked eight days in a row, 10 hour days. My mom fell and hurt her head. It was a really hectic week. And I said, okay, Sunday, I'm not doing anything. I got mm-hmm. up, cleaned out the chicken coop, planted an entire vegetable garden and went on a 15 mile hike. That's not doing nothing. <laughs> so, and I don't think this is in your notes, but I'm going to say it anyway. Does, I feel like this isn't a normal thing. Like, I'm not saying this because I'm boasting about the fact that I can do a lot of stuff in a day. What I think it is, is that I don't like being quiet or alone because then I have to think about stuff I don't want to think about. Or I have mm-hmm. to address things I don't want to address. And so if I can keep myself yeah. busy then I have an excuse for why the house is a mess or why I still have plastic on my brand new mattress from like three months ago. Right. Right. Like I haven't taken it off because my dogs are dirty and I don't want to mess up my new mattress. But I also like there's ways to solve that problem that I'm not addressing because I just don't want to have to think about it. Yeah, but that that's a very kind of clear example of those things that you choose and want to do. Because, I, I mean, some people might think cleaning out the chicken coop sounds awful. Ugh, I definitely don't want to do that. Ugh, I definitely don't want to plant. I'd so much rather go to Bed Bath & Beyond and buy a, a you know, stain-resistant mattress cover um, and go window shopping the remainder of the day and deal with that problem instead of the backyard problem. Yeah, so that's why we would be perfect together. I need you to move home because I'd rather clean up the chicken coop than go to Bed Bath & Beyond. Well, I definitely don't want to go to Bed Bath & Beyond. No one wants mm-hmm. to go there. But I do really enjoy running errands and uh, shopping. And, you know, so on my list, those things that kind of you want to do and bring you joy for me is homemaking and um, other things that bring me fulfillment and you know we talked about is nurturing relationships and I like touching in with people and kind of sending them things that make me know or make them know I was thinking of them and art projects uh definitely cooking as we know Um, that's where my money goes so uh for the short period of time that I actually did have a part-time job while I was in school it was solely to pay for my food so that I could cook the meals I wanted to on my financial aid Mm -hmm. budget yeah and so for you, I can see the chicken coop. Um, I, I enjoyed that too when I had the chickens after a while, though. It was like, meh, definitely don't want, yeah. to, <laughs> don't want to be out there in the chicken poop anymore. Right. I don't know why it brings me so much joy. I feel ridiculous saying it, but I just, it, it's like an instant gratification for me. Yeah, I can see Whereas that. Whereas cleaning the house, for me, you that's clean like, the house and then 22 seconds later, it's a fucking mess again. See, but I feel the exact same way about the chicken coop. And I love cleaning the house. In my mind, that is instant. But I also am living by myself. So the mess that then accumulates is well within my control. I think that's what's so frustrating about the chicken coop. And in your situation, cleaning the house, because you're the one who put in all of the work and then someone else is destroying it. The dogs are shedding hair. The kids are being messy. I love cleaning my apartment because I'm the only one in here. And when I clean it, I can choose to keep it that way for at least a week. Yeah, that'd be nice. 
I'm not, I'm, I was not trying to rub that in your face. I apologize. <laughs> that was rude of me. That's okay. I just went to a really beautiful place in my head, like totally checked out. That's beautiful. I mean, this is why living in a van is so, so delicious to me because there's nothing, Yeah. there's nothing to do except for just drive. Like it's, yeah. it's too small. Or just to whatever you want to do. Right. Yeah. Right. There is, there is a component though of, of even the things that you want to do have a component of things you don't want to do. And when I was in school, um, in one of my PEDS courses, I, I got a, I learned a really great analogy for this. Um, and so children need to learn this as they grow up as well. But basically it's the analogy of bowling um, and play bowling, right? Because when you go to a bowling alley, a machine does all of that setup for you. But if you just had plastic bowling pins and a ball that you were using to bowl, the bowling part is fun. Everybody wants to bowl, but you've got to go back down there and set again in order to do it again. So there's right. always something on your plate that that it's that weird kind of placeholder. Like it has to be done because it facilitates all the other things that I want to do, but it's not necessarily anything I enjoy doing, but it allows me to do the things I enjoy. So I put up with it. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I loved that bowling ball, like bowling analogy. Um, this teacher actually had a really great little pie chart. Well, I guess it was just kind of four quadrants. But it was stuff that's really hard that I like to do. Things are the, things that are hard and fun. Things that are hard and not fun. Things are not fun and easy. And things that are not fun and not easy. <laughs> or, you know, yeah. uh, I kind of butchered that. But you see where I'm going with that. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, anybody who's been in college has seen that pie chart. I don't know yeah, where else you I, would see it, but that's a pretty common one. I've seen it a couple times. Yeah. So I had never and seen it. it um until this, because it was talking about children kind of needing to learn how to take care of all components of it and how to structure a treatment session. Um, oh, wow. But I can see you wanting to go to school definitely falling in that fun but not easy category. Yeah, I think everything in my life falls into that. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have anything that's fun and easy. Although I guess it's all, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I could talk about myself for so, for too long. So I'm just going to be quiet now, but I, I definitely, I like a good challenge and I like things that, um, I like to problem solve. So when I see something that's a challenge to me, it, it draws me into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I hate myself for it later because now I'm knee deep in God knows what and, I have to find my way out. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, and that's kind of the, the tricky part of it. Um, Cause we're always trying to pursue some sense of happiness and well being. And so one of the other things that uh, we talk about in my program specific to occupational therapy is something called occupational balance um, and occupations being anything that you want or need to do in your daily life. So it's not necessarily work. Um, so by that, you know, it kind of makes sense. Occupational balance is that balance of you being able to do the things that drive pleasure and kind of create fulfillment for your life and those things that don't do that necessarily, but you have to do in order to maintain a certain lifestyle or maintain health and well-being. Um so if you think of wellness kind of on this continuum, 
And you're always kind of fluctuating back and forth from this lack of fulfillment to a surplus of commitments and responsibility. Wellness would be ideally somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Let's do that. So I, yeah, I kind of think of it as a seesaw, um, even though it's a continuum, I kind of think of either side having weight because as we know, responsibilities often feel like exactly that kind of, you know, weight on your shoulders, weight on your chest. You just feel heavy with responsibilities. So I think of it as a seesaw. So you kind of want to balance out either side. Right. It's healthy to have responsibilities, especially ones that you enjoy doing. But it's always good to have that other side filled up with a bunch of fun shit. Yes, please. Yes, the fun shit. <laughs> I do have a lot of fun stuff in my life. I really do. I mean, I there's very little in my life that isn't fun. It's just yeah. challenging. And I tend to, to put too much my seesaw is fun and challenging on one side and the other side is sticking straight up in the air with no weight on it. <laughs> well, what would be an example of something that could go on that side for you? What, what would that side be? If fun and challenging is on one side, what's the other one? Well, I mean, it, I would think, I don't know, either stuff that is not necessarily fun, but it's not difficult um, like cleaning like, the house, like cleaning the house or yeah, your own personal hygiene or something that's really fun, fun and not difficult at all. Yeah. I don't know about the fun, fun, not difficult, but, uh, this, the mindless stuff that's not difficult and not fun would be like cleaning the house for me or like homeschooling Milo, not difficult, not fun. Yeah. I hate it. And he hates it and we hate it together and it's, we begrudgingly do it. But he has to graduate from high school, so there's no way around it. Right. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you just don't like mindless activities. Hate it. Oh, man. Those are some of my favorites. But then again, <laughs> I spend, you know, eight hours a day being forced to constantly use my brain and assess situations and evaluate and assess and write a paper and then give your opinion. And what do you think could be different? And how could you have changed it? And what are you going to do next? And what are you going to do in three months from now? And where are they going to go? And how are they feeling? How do you feel? How does everybody feel? <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I love it. So. That's what I love. Like, said, <sighs> I'm like, yes, let's do that. Wow. No, this is why I come home and do like paint by numbers. I can't, it's, <laughs> it's, it's too much for my poor brain to even come up with my own personal drawing or painting. I need someone else to tell me where exactly to put the paint on the page. Yeah. That's the level of mindlessness that I enjoy. I love it. I love it. I I cannot do the paint by numbers. I'm so bored. I'm bored with the coloring books. I'm bored with TV. I wish I... So great. I just... Oh, God. I can't do it. Shutting my brain off is one of my favorite pastimes. Yeah. (laughs) I can do it for about a half an hour. I can do stuff while while um, TV is on, but it's always the same TV. We've talked about this before. It's always the Office or Friends or Parks oh, and Rec. Absolutely. But yeah, um, what I the what I like to do is listen to books, and I just listened to one. It was so good. Uh, the Firekeeper's Daughter. Everybody go read it. The book club thing didn't quite work out for us. We had like two people who came forward and we had a oh. we had a really good conversation. It was nice, but it's not something I'm going to push because again, too much on my plate. But I yeah. read The Firekeeper's Daughter and it was so 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 good. Two thumbs up. 
10 stars. Everybody should read it. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. Oh my God. I'll, I'll see if I can squeeze that in. Or listen to it. I don't know. But you, it's just so good. Yeah. So good. So yeah. anyway, sorry. We're talking about too much stuff on our plate. And I'm sitting here going, you guys should go read more books. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. Let's get back but to the subject. Based off of the last 30 minutes of our conversation, I think we're all, we all know where you're at. So that comment sounds pretty right on track with just adding that stuff onto the plate. Yeah. You and your meatballs, man. You yeah. and all your meatballs. I like meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> So in an effort to try to balance all those meatballs, especially for individuals like yourself who find that you are constantly taking on more, um, I have just a few little tricks to try and help maintain. Um, And this is the one that I had the hardest time learning myself, uh, took the longest for me to realize, um, and just overall struggled with. But that's knowing what you're capable of and what your limitations are. Um, I'm very good at knowing my limitations these days. And I don't know what it is about, uh, definite, like being single in your thirties, but I just have zero apologies for anything. So now I have no shame in just saying, nope, I don't want to do that. Or no, I have no time for that. Nope. I don't like that. (laughs) So that's good. (laughs) I'm not capable of that. That's outside of my realm. (laughs) Yeah. That's really good. That's really hard for me to do. Yeah, it's, it was really challenging for the longest time. And obviously, I'm not completely done with it because I offered up my apartment just recently, knowing that I absolutely hate roommates. But it came out of my mouth before I could even think about it. It was so uh, out-of-body experience. Yeah. But in order to evaluate those limitations, I've broken it up. In my mind, it works in two ways. And this is kind of more on the side of limitations, but partly what you're capable of as well. And that's concrete, very tangible things like money, resources, and hours in the day. There really are only so many hours in the day. So you can either commit or you can't commit. You can't do two things at once or you can't be two people at once. So at some point, something's got to be sacrificed, right? And then on the other side of that is conceptual things like your emotional bandwidth or just your, your mental well-being and capability to take on additional responsibility. I've always said that um, our ability to handle stress is kind of like a, a reservoir and you either have the resources for it at that moment or you don't. Um, so that's what this category is for, that, that type of stuff where you really need to know your limitations on whether that's something you can truly take on and add to your plate at this moment and still be the healthiest adulting version of yourself or not. Right. Yeah. How do you feel, feel about really that? Like I, <laughs> it's, it's an overwhelming thing to think about because, um, you know, I've spent my entire adulthood just saying yes and going forward and sort of bulldozing my way through life. And I've never put much thought into compartmentalizing things into priorities. And that's it. That's yeah. what it sounds like to me is what this list is about. It's like prioritizing what you're saying yes yeah. to, what your spaghetti is. And I, I just yeah. started doing that after the divorce because I was forced into it. And I'm better at it now than I was, but I'm still super quick to say yes to things like, 
hiking mm-hmm. the Tahoe Rim Trail this summer. And I was like, why? Yeah. Why? I don't know. It sounds fun. <laughs> I, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, I, I kind of put this list together and there is no way I could put something together and not have a heavy, heavy theme of prioritization in it because that is literally how I navigate my entire life. And even when I was tutoring the students below me um, and they were trying to adjust to graduate school life and and in some senses uh, they were living on their own for the first time. So I was trying to help them navigate the transition into adulthood um, and adulting because they were finally doing their own laundry and buying their own groceries on top of trying to do graduate, you know, coursework. So my kind of strategy has always been the same. It's been really successful for me. So I always offer it as advice to other people, but that's prioritizing. And for me in school, that comes down to a kind of a statistical analysis and breakdown of how many points does this actually Mm. get me? How likely is it that I'm going to pass with the amount of studying that I'm currently doing? Is it really warrant more studying or am I going to get the same grade regardless of whether I spend an hour studying or four hours studying? Um, But that's how I do a lot of prioritization. If it's only worth five points, I'm not going to spend more than an hour on it. Now, if it's worth 100 points, I'll probably spend a couple of days on it. Um, But that's just how I kind of work on things. And that's easy to turn into a very black and white situation when you're talking about academics. Uh, but I do stuff very similar in, in my life. Um, I think, you know, me mentioning my grandparents is a perfect example. Um, ob- obviously, I know that life is precious and we never really know when people are going to expire. But I do tend to prioritize those phone calls to my grandparents above some other relationships because in my mind, I think that time is fleeting or statistically speaking, I probably have less time to call them than I do other people. Yes. And I think that the the ability to prioritize is a very adult thing to do. I think that's something that we're taught and that it's, it's not an instinctual thing for, for people. Um, And once you are able to do it and, and even beyond that, once you're able to say yes and no to things, without any any um, resentment or guilt or bad feelings, I really feel like mm-hmm. that's an adulting moment. Yeah. I can't say that I'm there yet. I mean, I, obviously I'm getting closer. I don't really uh, have any problems saying that I'm not capable of things, but I still have some guilt when I don't help out with things or I don't do something in the, in the day. I mean, even the COVID I didn't learn a language and I've been stuck at home. That does kind of hit home for me. Like I've said that I've wanted to learn another language forever. And I've had three years of two different languages, which has gotten me nowhere in either one of them. It's not enough time to actually Mm -hmm. do anything. So uh, yeah, there is still that kind of innate guilt not uh, accomplishing anything which is so bs because i feel like and i'm not going to speak for men because i don't know so if you're a guy out there and you're like dude stop slamming men contact us and i'm happy to have a conversation with you but as far as women are concerned we are trained from day one to always be busy to ignore our personal Mm -hmm. needs to ignore whether or not we're sick or not if we're sick we still have to do it we still have to get up and take care of whatever it is we're doing when men are sick they just lay down they just take a day off 
Now, yeah. nobody's looking at a mm-hmm. guy and saying, damn, you should get up and still do stuff. But when when girls are down for whatever reason, you need to rub some dirt in it and get up and stop being such a dramatic baby. Oh, I'm so sorry you have cramps, you know, because of your period. Why don't you take something and get back to work? There's no excuse. But for men, at least yeah. my perception of it, men get to do whatever the fuck they want. Right. So women are walking around thinking, I have to say yes to everything. I have to be the homeroom mom and the Girl Scout leader and the Boy Scout leader and the soccer coach and the cheer mom and work a full time job and make sure the house is all under control. Now, is anybody forcing you to do that? Or is that something that has just been trained to us? That That's just something I can have at all mentality that somehow got to us. You know, like the. I, I think you're exactly right. I, I saw a really great meme the other day. Um, actually, it was a TikTok, but it was basically um, me when I'm boiling water or waiting for water to boil. And it was a wife and she cleaned the toilet, did a lo- load of laundry, picked up all the kids toys, cleaned up the kitchen, did all of these things. And then it panned over to when my husband waits for water to boil and he stood in front of the pot and stared yeah. at it. Yeah. I mean, when I was married, my husband's job was the laundry and I would walk around like, oh, I'm so grateful. My husband does laundry. I'm the luckiest woman in the whole world because my husband does laundry. He didn't fucking do anything else. Just laundry. And guess what you get to do when you do laundry? Nothing. Because the machine is doing do a all lot of, of sitting. <laughs> so one day a week, yeah. he'd sit on his ass and watch football while the laundry was going. And I was dumb enough to walk around saying, I have the best husband in the world because he does laundry. And then he'd come home from work and say, so what have you been doing all day? Mm-hmm. I just thought. Yeah, he certainly got the better yeah, end of that I deal. I was dumb enough to not understand that. Now, if I'm ever in a live-in relationship ever again, which I highly doubt, there will be a division of, of, of uh, responsibilities in writing before the guy even steps into the house. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. A written, a written contract. Yeah. We're going to put it on the fridge. It's going to be framed and readily accessible for me to reference at any given yeah, time. Yeah, just like Sheldon, man. I That guy had, a, had a, a, his right thing. I'm stumbling over my words because I'm all pissed off now. But I, <laughs> he had the right idea, you know, with the roommate agreement. Now, of course, it was a little ridiculous. But when you just invite somebody into your life and you're like, yeah, we'll make it work. No, 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 no. Especially if it's a man-girl relationship. Because we are programmed, women are programmed to do everything and men are programmed to allow that to happen. And I know that there are people out there that break this stereotype, but for the most part, the reason why it's so hard for women to not have full plates all the time is because we walk around feeling guilty and pointless if we're not doing something. Yeah, and it's a hard habit to break. And it's not just a habit, it's a mindset. It's a hard it's a mindset. Culture, to break. Man. It's a culture. Yeah. Look at the, the advertising. The woman comes home from work dressed in her work clothes, carrying a bag of groceries and a pizza, drops her keys, and the guy sitting on the couch watching football. The kids come running up. What's for mm-hmm. dinner? I got dineros or whatever that pizza company is. Domino's, yeah. right? And everyone's like, Yay, Domino's. What the fuck was the guy doing? Sitting on the couch. Why is he <laughs> making dinner? Right. You know what I mean? Now, yeah. again, I'm going to say, this isn't every household. This isn't every relationship. But it definitely is big enough in our culture that it's in all the media, all the expectations, 
I work in a salon where all the women are talking about it. So I think that it's prevalent enough that it's affecting women based on what we're talking about today, which is that we have too much on our plate. Yeah, exactly. And you, you attempted a little bit to do another one of my tricks and that's uh, delegating and knowing how to get delegate and who Mm -hmm. to delegate to. Um, You just made the mistake of not delegating enough and (laughs) letting him get away with the easy stuff. (laughs) But this is a really hard thing to do for some people. Um, Being able to let go of control, even if it's not something you truly value or, or find important, even though it's, you know, something that doesn't bring you joy, if it's on your plate, you feel obligated to do it because you want it done a certain way. And so those individuals tend to have a really hard time delegating because they don't like to let off that level of control. Yes. We just had a, we just Mm -hmm. had a slight disconnection for a minute. So, um, God, it always does that when you're like saying the best stuff. I don't remember what I was saying. Damn it. Oh, yeah, delegating. delegating. Letting hear me. Hear you. Okay. All right. I unplugged my headphones and plugged them back in. Um, yeah, so knowing no, knowing how and who to delegate is really difficult, particularly for people who have to have control over certain things. And it doesn't even matter if it's something on their plate that they actually enjoy doing or, or even want to do. A lot of times it's things that they have no joy in doing whatsoever. And they absolutely view it as just another unnecessary obligation. But because they are not capable of letting up that control and they want it done in a particular way, these are the types of individuals that have a really hard time delegating to other people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I completely yep. that is my story up until recently yeah. the reason I did everything was because I was the only one that could do it right that's yeah. so toxic that's some yeah. toxic bs y'all and I don't know where it came I from know. but I would like to end that today because that is complete bs <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's this one's still really hard for me to do um especially in school when it's a group project and I, I want someone to do their part and I want, you know, to be able to delegate and say, it probably comes as no surprise, especially to the people that know me. I tend to quickly become a group leader and delegate who's doing what portion of the task and how it's going to look and how it's going to run. Um, just cause that's my personality type and I am highly organized and it tends to flow a lot better that way. Um, but it's really frustrating when you're paired with procrastinators and you delegate whatever you think they need to take over and they don't actually do it. And then it becomes a matter of, do you let them tank your grade because it's going to be a group grade or do you just take on that same control freak and just do their, their part as well? I think for school you'd take on the control freak and do their part as well. But for things like uh, housework, or somebody doing your taxes or, you know, there's, there's so many, there are so many people who can do it better than me um, Mm -hmm. that it is ridiculous that I felt the need to do everything myself to carry the entire weight of the world on my shoulders, which is what a lot of women do because I don't know why, maybe it's the expectation or whatever it is, but there are people out there that can do it better than you for not very much money. And I would encourage everyone to hire out as often as possible. 
Absolutely. Or, and I know this scares some people, ask for help. I mean, maybe not like take advantages of services, but if there's too much on your plate, maybe just call somebody up and say, hey, could you help me out with this one thing on my list? Or do you think you could take this for me instead? Or Yeah, which is another women su- another thing that women suck at. And, you know, my mom, I I said this in the beginning, but my mom this week fell and she hit her head and um, she was on the phone at the time talking to somebody and her husband was in the other room and she didn't tell anyone. She fell and smacked her head on the ground and did not tell the person she was speaking to that this just happened. She allowed the person to finish her conversation, even though she blacked out, didn't really remember what was going on. And said, okay, thanks, friend. I'll talk to you later. And then slowly picked herself up. Didn't tell her husband that she just fell. And it wasn't until I came over 24 hours later and realized that she was acting stoned, that she had a massive head injury and we had to take her to the emergency room. Because she didn't want to bother anyone. I know. And that is absolutely a culture thing. You're right. It's disgusting. (laughs) So then my last little trick uh, is definitely gonna, you know, kind of poke some, some people and push some buttons, but that's learning how to say no. Uh, There is actually things called assertiveness training. um, And there are ways to build up your ability to say no. um, But it just needs to start small with little, little things. Maybe you don't actually say no, but you start asking questions about why that's necessary, or couldn't it be done another day? or identifying little errors in their thought process um, to finally standing your ground and ultimately just telling that person, uh, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't have to be a dramatic thing either. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's safe to bring this up right now or not. We could always delete it if it's not, but you know, you, you need to walk away from this and mm-hmm. it's not because you hate the podcast or because you hate me or because you don't believe in what we're doing, but right now your priority is school and your education is also my priority as far as the podcast is concerned. And a you know, simple conversation like this isn't working in my time frame anymore. That is a version of saying yeah. no, right? That's a version of, of identifying your self needs and honoring them and having somebody in your life who me, who recognizes that and is like hell yeah do that without any sort of judgment or resentment or anything like that yes exactly which is why this topic is so poignant today as you mentioned in uh the Mm -hmm. beginning but yes i i have certainly gotten to a point right now uh in school having only um six months or so left uh and being nearing the end of my didactics Uh, I I just have too much on my plate at this point, unfortunately. And you're right. It's not because I don't enjoy it or it's not for any ill will. It's just uh, an evaluation of what I'm truly capable of and what my limitations are, Um, which is perfectly my last topic. And that is that just because something is on your plate doesn't mean it needs to stay there because our lives are ever changing and constantly fluid. Um, And it's really important to always assess what's going on in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to put yourself first, right? Put your your needs first. Because if you were to to stay here uh, 
as my co-host and put your education at risk or yourself, um, not self, your, your, uh, mental health at risk. Um, that would be devastating to me and it would be devastating to you and it wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I mean, it's not as if we're not gonna talk no, this still is it. This and, is it. um, our last conversation. <laughs> what she would have told me I would have prepared a better speech <laughs> of course I mean we're gonna be friends forever and we're, we're gonna exactly. talk still because you know that's what we do yes it's just yes exactly and we're still gonna go on soapbox um you know they might not be recorded as frequently um but we'll certainly make sure that that gets done whenever possible I hope so that's one of my favorite things about you <laughs> I, I feel yeah. free to be myself yeah. around you and to be, uh, I hate to call it crazy because I think that word is, is overused, especially when it comes to women. But sometimes I feel highly passionate about things and um, you're a very safe person to be highly passionate with. Well, thank you. That's very sweet. I, I hope that you feel, you know, free to be as passionate as you want to all the time. I'm glad that you can do it with me, but you know, hopefully you, the world changes and you can just be that all the time. That would be nice. I mean, there is a reason why I live in California, you know, it's primarily a safe place for me to be passionate in the direction I choose to be passionate in, but (laughs) yeah, I am actively working on trying to get back. So it's still months away, but we're, we're working on it. So, um, I just want to say that I'm really proud of you, Genevieve, and I hope this doesn't come off as condescending, but um, being able to walk away from something that you enjoy to, in order to take care of the priorities in your life is, it, is, is the epitome of adulting. And you did Thank it you. with class and grace and an open communication that was... It, I just... I'm very... I'm I a little choked up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. I I just feel so so proud of who you've become and the fact that I knew you when you were just a little nugget. You were just fresh off of the high school, you know, gamut and and now I'm standing in front of a fully grown woman who's killing it in life and I feel like I've always felt like you were my equal, but there was a little mama bear in the beginning and I don't feel that way towards you anymore. I feel like you're an equal and you're a woman and an adult and you're absolutely stunning. Thank you. My gosh. See, now you're going to make me too. I think that that's appropriate for our last episode as you with you as my forever co-host. We should, we should cry yeah. a little. It's, it's sad, but it's also really exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it will maybe be exciting later. Right now it's kind of yeah. sad. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and I think that, but, that there's, at least for me today, what I'm holding on to is the idea that, um, that you might have space to come back as a guest host every once in a while. Um, and and if that doesn't happen, that's okay. And if it does happen, hell yeah. You are the people's favorite. 
<laughs> Oops, I just messed with my keys. I probably picked that up on the mic. But anyway, I I just uh, the point is is I fucking love you, man. And I fucking love you too. Episodes have been such a pleasure. It's been so much yeah. fun. It has honestly been so great, such a great idea, and so excited that I was able to to kind of keep it on my plate for as long as I did. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. Look for this and other episodes on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Visit letsadultpod.com now for more information on episodes, how to support us, and where to follow us. And don't forget to rate, like, subscribe, comment, and share so we can continue to ask the question, are we adulting adulting yet? yet? (laughs) Yeah.